Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Not much, man. How are you doing? Ah, I'm doing good, man. I, this, I, I, you'd appreciate this. I feel like my body is like 70% king cake right now. Yeah, um, well, that's a good thing. It, it is. I just, we were supposed to, I, we were just talking about this before, but we we bought the Bayou Bakery one. We ordered one in advance, and we were supposed to have some people over on Sunday, and then we didn't. It, it's a long story, but my Su, Susie had to work, and we came home early and didn't. So it was just us that had the cake. Like, we never served it. Um, and so now I've just been eating it, like, all weekend. Like, we realized in advance. So it's been, like, three days of me knowing that we had a whole king cake to ourselves. Well, not bad. Bayou Bakery's legit. We have oh, that, it's amazing. That we were at a awesome. we were at a Mardi yeah. Gras party yesterday. Uh, okay. One of Sam's friends' fathers is Tulane alum, mm-hmm. so he does it every year. And this is the first time he's done it, I think, since the pandemic. So it was pretty exciting and everything. But okay. they do go to Bayou Bakery and get beignets for the party. Oh, oh, nice! Very big hit, particularly with the teenagers. I think Sam had two or three. Um, oh, yes. They basically kids are all playing basketball and then just eating beignets. So. Mm-hmm. Which is no. a pretty good day. I mean, that would yes. have been heaven for me when I was a teenager. Yes. Well, uh, happy Lundi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras tomorrow, I guess, as we yeah. move in, move through the week here. Um, yeah. uh, we, as always, are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, go by the shop anytime. Mention the podcast. You'll get a free sticker. Um, those guys are probably the only ones super excited about the ridiculously warm weather we're about to have this week. Um and then it'll be cold again on the weekend. So who knows? But um, Rob, this was a hell of a weekend in Jamie sports. It, it we really was. Fun, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, this was a fun weekend. A lot of W's. A lot of W's. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. These sneak up on you every once in a while. And this one, like I knew going into the weekend, I remember thinking, I, I don't know. I definitely like made a little note to myself just thinking like, you know, if I'm around and I have a chance to tune in on my phone or whatever, you know, or ESPN plus, you know, kind of like. These are the times the games are, but I didn't expect it to be like such a, like there really wasn't any problems this weekend. <laughs> I mean, all four sports that we were following were great. And then there was all this XFL, like just random entertainment fun <laughs> also, you know, but I mean, both hoops teams, lacrosse and softball, I don't know where you want to start. You could pick us, pick anywhere. Um, Cause they all have good news this week. I mean, for me, it's both hoops teams and yeah. the ESPN plus is such a big deal to me. Cause like, oh, it's so I, I love the fact that I can just tune in on my phone and I guess in some yeah. capacity at, at the conference that shall not be named, uh-huh. there was some sort of flow. I don't know. It was a nuisance. But like, yeah. ESPN is just so reliable. So for me with the games being the weeknights, I gotta be honest with you. I, I watch a lot at the gym. Well, yeah. I'll just put it on my phone. I'll have my headphones in and I'm listening to Kurt and, you know, Buckhands, whoever, and I'm going through my workout and then just in between sets, you can sit there and watch. And like, I just love being able to consume it on the go where I, I find I myself too. actually paying much more attention than I used to be able to, because I couldn't carve out particularly for weeknight games, yeah. you know, like seven to nine is mm-hmm. the most busy time for most of us. Yeah. Um, it's impossible. But now it's, it's like, it's great. I just take it on the go. I, yep. You can hook it up in your car, you know, Apple CarPlay or Android yeah. CarPlay, and you can listen to it. It's fantastic. So I just feel like it. it's so much fun. And when you're doing that and they're winning and yep. they're coming back, like it's almost a little embarrassing because I'm sure I look like some sort of like lunatic at the gym. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, finishing you know, my middle age weights that are not very heavy. And I'm like all ecstatic. And people are like, why is that guy so excited about benching 135 pounds or something? Yeah. You know? But it's like, oh no, you know, Vado just hit a big three pointer. So it's, yeah. it's just super fun. But like, I don't know that this hoops team, it's weird where I think I, maybe it's just me, but a lot of us are conditioned to be a somewhat negative or constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's just like, Oh, this team's sloppy. Here we go again. But like, here we go again. I mean, they are on a heater. What are they, they really are. Like, yeah. Uh, they've won like what? Five of the last six or six. Of the last, I'm like, it's, it's just seven of the last eight, seven of the last eight. Actually. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, just, um, it's crazy. Yeah. And everybody's like, Oh, but they dropped that one at Georgia Southern. Like we're so conditioned to be down in the dumps or, or expecting the worst for this team. But first year in the Sun Belt, they move up and, They've locked in a top four seed, double double buy. Yeah. Um, things are really good. It's wide open. I mean, Southern Miss, you saw, has, yeah. has been awesome. They got the doors yeah. blown off over the weekend. So it's, yeah. I don't know. It's it's super fun. Like, I enjoyed both those games. 
I think this men's team is so tough and is just, you know, weathering the storm with all these comebacks and coming behind wins. And then the women's team matched them. You know, oh, come yeah. back I mean, the women's team, you, which I, I think amazing. was bet really more important. Um, yeah. Like their wins were more important. I mean, they went on the road to the two teams they were tied with and beat them both. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it, and going to Texas to play Texas State and then flying back to Virginia to play Old Dominion. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic. Uh, just enormous. Two just, enormous wins. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still? You still there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Right, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I heard a little click in the back. Um, yeah. I, I mean, so women won Thursday at Texas State 58-54 in a slugfest. And then they won again Saturday at Old Dominion in overtime. Um, in a game, I think they trailed by six in overtime. Oh, they came back. Yeah. <laughs> they came back again. Um, and, and actually, they had kind of, it looked like they maybe had won the game in regulation. And then Old Dominion tied it up like near the end. Yeah. Um, just a wonderful weekend for the women. They're playing. It's funny, Rob. I'm really excited. I mean, both teams, they both had these little stretches where they, you know, struggled a little bit. Um, the men in early January and the women kind of in late January. But other than that, like if you, I don't know, it's funny looking back, like you were saying, everyone's freaking out. Like, oh, these teams put us through the ringer. But maybe if one of those, like the men had that three game losing streak and like maybe if one goes the other way, we never quite freak out the way we did, you know? And I don't know. It doesn't really matter. They're both peaking at the right time. And I'll just start on the women's side just because those wins were so big and it's weird. The women are in first place, but they could drop out of the top four depending on results this week. Like their games this week are still very important because it's so jumbled at the top. Um, the men have actually accomplished the mission a little bit, despite, I mean, they also have an outside chance to win the regular season, but uh, even if they don't like the men are going to be okay. I just, I, the women's team, both teams, Rob, I don't know what you think, but they do finally seem to have found their rotations a little bit, um, which is the the real thing. I, you know, I love the way Coach O on the women's side, like he clearly Peyton McDaniel, like she's happy being like the, like she's the second team offense. Like the super sub. Right, the super sub. If you're a soccer fan, right. that's what Green light, yeah, full yeah. green light, like go score. You know, we don't see, you know, she, like if Kiki's not in there, McDaniel is in there. Sort of yeah. thing. Um, they've clearly found this like Kiki, Susha, Caroline, Germond. That threesome has sort of like learned to play together this year, which I guess should have not surprised us as much as it did, given that two of those players were new to the program. Um, but the three of them have really kind of like stepped up. I've also been super impressed. Jamia Hazel has played like I, I just want her to shoot more. Like she's made some big buckets quietly. Yeah, you know she doesn't score a lot, but I'm just really. But at she, first, she, I wondered if she was going to be down because like Germond is sort of running the point, but in some ways, it's freed her up to just play her own game. Like she's so strong defensively, and she's one of the few players like her and Kiki. Like she can really create her own shot, you know, when she wants to. And, she it, and as Coach O has told us, like she's super coachable. Her Mm -hmm. entire family has said, like, coach her hard. Like, she's so willing to do things. So it really, it makes sense when you think about that. You think about those comments. And Mm -hmm. then the fact that she's really stepping into this role, which might not be as glamorous as it could be for a player of her talents. Mm -hmm. But to just be like, hey, this is what the team needs. I I Mm -hmm. think it really says a lot about her. It really does. Um, And I I just, I'm just really excited. So they play app on Wednesday, at app on Wednesday. And then the women come home on Friday. Uh, both of those teams for Marshall, the women played the first game of the women's men's doubleheader on Friday, which is a pretty cool way for JMU to end the first Sun Belt season. Uh, so the women are at five on Friday, 6.30 at App on Wednesday. They, I forget what the exact standings are. They are in first, tied for first, but in first by tiebreakers. If they win both, they will win the conference, uh, regular season title, and be the number one seed the following week in Pensacola. Um I think if they win one, they're safe to be in the top four seeds, uh, you know, which is really the most important thing because you get the double buy. So, you know, hopefully they can do it. They certainly get a great chance with Marshall at home on Friday. I mean, obviously both these games are winnable for the first place team. Um, They're also, what's their record, Rob? They're like 
21 and six or something. Yeah. It's, like, it's been pretty been remarkable. Really, yeah. yeah. Like it's quietly, it's quietly been before. a very, very good yeah, year. I'm like, wait, this hasn't been like, just like, Oh, they struggled through. Like they've been really, really good. Yeah. They've been great. Um, and they've been really strong at home. And so to win those two games on the big road trip was just says a lot about where they are. And I got to think they are, I mean, no matter what happens this week, they are the scary team for everybody else um, the following week in Pensacola. They are. Because, I mean, there's I mean, a Kiki, number of scary there's teams. There's nobody. Yeah, there are. But I just, you saw, Kiki had 30 points at ODO. Like, yeah. There's nobody else in the conference. No, she's a bucket. That can play, like can do that. Yeah. You know, when the game, in a game that really, really matters. And so that's just such a threat. And I'm just so pleased with the way they're playing. Um. Ah, it's just so exciting. I, <laughs> the, I mean, we expect, we kind of expected this from them, but it took a little while. And I think they're just, there's been so much turnover and, and injuries in and out. And there's obviously two or three new players to the program playing significant roles. Um, but it's fun to watch. So just awesome. And then you want to take us away on the men's side, Rob. Um, just, <laughs> I don't know. Well, just two more big wins. And like, it's just, yeah, it's, they finally have settled in rotation. You got Vado who's battling some sort of injury, but welcome back. Vado, had a though. huge game, yeah. huge yeah. game. And I, I think it's just been pretty remarkable as Byington has slowly, but surely tightened the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, we can all talk about who we think should be playing or anything, but like they just seem to be getting in a groove where guys know their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian wouldn't, I mean, oh, I know. Th- this is just, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's just crazy to me, like how well he's played in the big moments. We always knew he was good, but, um, he's been remarkable. Yeah. Friedel continues to be like a threat from shooting, but he does little things. It's that, the other things that is so impressive yeah. for a guy who's kind of struggled with his shot. Yeah. And I thought, him, I, I thought Jamie was just getting a spot up shooter when they got him. Uh-huh. And to be perfectly honest, he's kind of disappointed a little bit in the shooting department right but he's he's so far exceeded expectations in other ways you know just yes. like he he's a plus defender he's not a lockdown defender he's a plus defender i think he's a pretty good rebounder it's a very good he's rebounder. smart with mm-hmm. the ball yep. um, he's a good passer so like i've just been so much more impressed i thought he was going to be i don't know like more the kent kaluko type guy who just you know so, spot yeah, up and shoot. offense yeah yeah but he can do a lot so like he's a guy though he could go one for six Mm-hmm. And still end up contributing to wins in big ways, and we've seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrence Offrams, Edwards, yeah, Edwards, uh, is, uh, Edwards is, is my <laughs> Edwards is my. I'm, he drives me insane because when he's good, he's, he's so amazing. Good. He's yeah. so good, and yet he also is like the one who frustrates me, as we said on here two or three times from time to time. And this last week, he was like perfect, you know. And he's just he he is so capable, like both two as a two way player too. Like he just can do everything. Um, Offram's been really good, and they finally. I feel like the Offram's other guys. Offram's been outstanding. Offram's been outstanding, and I feel like the other, the rest of the team has kind of been like, has finally like been like, yep, this guy's really good. We got to let him do his thing, you know. Um, and they hit free throws on the stretch. <laughs> I know, you know, I know, which, I know. which is good, you know. Mm-hmm. And talk, talk hit the huge three. Oh, so it's just Molson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Molson's the one guy I don't worry about, actually. Like, you know, um, but also just seeing Vado on uh, Saturday when they beat Louisiana, that is such a, like, they talked about on the broadcast that he, whatever illness he had in January, he had lost like seven or eight pounds. They said eight pounds in like eight a week. Eight pounds, which yeah. is not, you know, he's a little that's guy not, to begin with, right? You know, yeah. and yeah, I mean, that's just, you know how that is if you're sick for a bit. I mean, much less eight pounds. I mean, that's it takes a while to get your legs back underneath you from that. And uh man, what a bonus it would be, it will be, or it appears to be, if he's kind of back to full speed. Because that just again, having him and Friedel is such a different animal. Um and, and of course the way wooden shooting too. Like it well, really just would. opens it up to everybody. It does. Else. And then you've got Mezzi down low. That's what I meant. Forms. You get those guys. You Molson, get Pack, who can kind of get do it Gianacho, all. Like those yeah. Edwards, even like all those other guys have so much more room to operate. And Amadi has not been scoring as much, but goodness only says, if you've been following this program, oh, you've yeah. seen him play, like, you know, if there's space, he's a guy that can just go up and get it in terms of alley oops and things like that. So he might not be, you know, filling up the box score, but he's still a guy that can do damage if you can spread the floor. 
That's right. really when his strengths come into play. So. Amadi's also the guy, like, you know, in college in particular, you see this, like, when it comes to the tournament time and the games start coming, you know, two, three games in four days. I don't know. At some point, like, the best athlete. like The guy with you, that sort of bounce can yeah, just Yeah, like, if you have yeah. this athlete on your team that is only maybe your fourth option. I don't know. I just, all the years of kind of, I was thinking of, uh, who was the guy who played for Maryland when we were kind of younger? Um, oh, Chris Wilcox. Yeah. When they won the championship, he was like when he left a freshman. Yeah. yeah. But he was like a freshman and he was definitely like the fourth or fifth best player on the team. But when they got to the final four, it was like, oh my gosh, like the fourth best player on the team is actually the best athlete. It's actually just a free And athlete. that just changes the game, you know? Yeah. And I, I think Amadi can do that for this team. So. Yeah, it's so fun. They so they play Wednesday at home versus Marshall, um, and then they play home versus Georgia State, a team that has disappointed massively. I think it's fair to say this year, uh, Marshall lots to play for on Wednesdays. That should be an exciting game. Yeah, and then Georgia State Friday at eight, or you know, thirty minutes after the women's game or whatever it is um, on Friday. The men, to their huge credit, and to Coach Byington's credit. They've locked up the top four seed, Rob. Yeah, I yeah, mean exactly double by. Yeah, they they could fall down a little bit, but they two teams that could catch them record wise are Troy and ODU, and JMU owns the tiebreakers with both of those teams. So I I do I did look kind of through the standings today. It's a little hard to make out like what the seeds are going to be yet because um, everyone's kind of bunched up. But it definitely would be an advantage if JMU can keep winning. You know, if they could win one or both games this week, they would almost certainly be the two seed if they win two games this week. Um, Southern Miss would have to lose twice, which is probably unlikely uh, for them to win the conference. But, you know, the two seed would put them against like the 7-10 matchup. And the one that I was just thinking, like, this league, one through six are very strong, um, you know, so whoever the three and four seeds, if they end up playing the five and six seeds, that is another game against probably Old Dominion, you know, Marshall. Like there's some good teams in there that could end up in that five, six range. So you know, I think as the standings are today, they would be facing the ODU winner. Right. And, yeah. you know, they're not obviously not afraid of them. Um, beat them wire to wire, handled them pretty well last Thursday, uh, despite some, um, I don't know, some Sunbelt officiating that looked it was questionable. Which is not good. Yeah, not it is, good, it right? is not uh, good. Um, but, you know, they really did handle them pretty well. And, you know, they wouldn't be afraid of Old Dominion, but I just, you know, you want to put yourself in the best position possible. Uh, and my guess is ODU will, I don't know, it, it'll be interesting. I'm really interested in watching this tournament, Rob. Like, I have no idea. You know, it's in Pensacola. So you'd think Southern Miss, as good of a season as they've had it, are having, you would think they would bring fans. Um, it's always kind of a question, like how does the conference tournament shake up in terms of like who actually shows up? And we, we you and I remember this from all our years going to the old conference tournament. Um, and certainly the last time that JMU went to the, went to the big dance, um, you know, won a conference tournament. They were met. We were massive beneficiaries of being the only fan base that cared to make the trip to Richmond that year. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, they played, right? They played Northeastern, and I think it was one bus of Northeastern fans, and that was all of the Northeastern fans in the building. <laughs> and right. and then the entire arena was JMU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. So, um, yeah, this will be fun. I, I mean, I'm sure Old Dominion will travel decently well. Uh, just their fans care a lot about this stuff, and, you know, that's good for them. Um, but a sweep of ODU this week, uh, women and men, uh, put some big points in the uh, Royal Rivalry thing. Right now, uh, it seems likely that both teams, men's and women's, are going to end up. It, it seems almost inevitable they're going to play ODU again in the tournament, doesn't it? Right. Yeah, it's starting yeah. to look that way. Yeah, which is cool. I, I mean, I'll be miserable if we. If uh, yeah, I don't. Lose, I don't want to talk I, about that. But. Right, but I also like. It was just fun. Like these games mean something to see the men play ODU on Thursday in a meaningful game, and then the women play ODU on Saturday in a meaningful game. That's really fun, you know. Uh, just, just really fun weekend on the hoops front. I mean, four wins from, from those two teams in, you know, 72 hours, pretty, pretty good weekend Mm. and setting up for just 
a fantastic finish. So you got anything else on hoops, Rob? No, that's it. I just, yeah. although I'm, I'm doing this from the guest bedroom in our basement and I realize <laughs> the closet connects to the uh, laundry and somebody's turned the washing machine on. So uh, I apologize if it sounds like I'm in the actual dryer, it's uh, cause I'm 15 feet away. So. Yep. No, I hear laundry and vacuuming going on in our house too. So no yeah, okay. yeah. Well, um, the, yeah. the typical Jamie USB audio quality uh, yeah. coming up. So I, I do want to, we need to say congratulations to one of JMU's uh, at this point, most legendary coaches. Uh, Coach Clays from lacrosse won her 200th game at JMU yeah. uh, this weekend. Got the 200th dub, uh, two wins last week. So they had lost to North Carolina uh, to open the season 14-9 in a competitive game. Competitive game, yeah. That, was... uh, we'll come back around to that in a second. Um, and then they beat Virginia the Hokies. Tech. The Hokies yeah. on the road on Wednesday. And then Wednesday. UConn. And then a neutral in, site, or, right? Yeah, UConn in Maryland this weekend. Yeah. Um, both games held those teams to – JMU is stingy defensively, Rob. Uh, Rachel Mady got the American Athletic Conference player Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, she also tied Haley Warden as like or, – or, yeah, she's the only player except Haley Warden to have like 200 draw controls in a career, um, which those of us that watch that run know how impressive a yeah. feat that is. Um, so great stuff. Cat uh, Buchanan, the goalkeeper who's bided her time behind kind of the legend that was Molly Doherty, uh, has played great. I mean, what they held, Tech only scored six goals and UConn scored eight, I think. So really strong defensively. As we, that's the thing that keyed JMU, you know, to their past <laughs> strong runs. Uh, and they sure look good doing it this week. And, and of course, up front, they have Bella Peterson, who's just an absolute monster. Um, they go to High Point this weekend, as we know from past years. High Point, legitimate team, uh, mid-major, but often fairly but low. Tournament team. team yeah. Tournament team, yeah. Often a, a really good opponent. So they're at High Point on Saturday. And um, just everybody, this is a heads up. We'll pro- we will be recording prior to this game, but they host Maryland. A week from Wednesday. So it's a five o'clock game on Wednesday. The, I don't even know what day that is. The eight, uh, the first. Yeah. The first, um, first of March next week. So that is at in Harrisonburg. That's going to be really fun and a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Um, that's a Maryland team that JMU beat last year. (laughs) And I'm sure is going (laughs) to be ready for this one. So just some really exciting things coming up. Lacrosse somehow dropped a spot in the rankings, Rob. They went from 12th to 13th, I saw. I don't know how you win two games um, and go down, but whatever. Uh, the reason I, I mentioned the North Carolina game again, Rob, is Florida, who... You know, this is didn't turn take, out so well for them, did it? No, it's going to take some getting used to for us that Jamie Lacrosse is in the American Athletic Conference where... It seems, at least for the early part of the conference, their primary rivals are going to be the Florida Gators and the Vanderbilt Commodores, um, two teams out of the SEC and every other sport. And Florida got shut. They did not score a goal in the first half at North Carolina this weekend. Um, And North Carolina just cruised to a really no doubt about it victory, uh, which did give me a little, uh, I don't know. It also, I mean, I know we're not supposed to do transitive things, but man, that's got to make JMU feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina is really, really good. Yep, Yep. absolute machine. So, so to Mm -hmm. JMU is like we said last week. They're past the point of moral victories. This is a national championship winning program. Yes, Um, they're not going to be satisfied with like hanging with with a big program. No, but North Carolina is uh, last year proved to be kind of the next level. Um, So for a season opener to go down there and do it and like. It, it's nothing to hang your head about. Again, that's not Coach Shelley's not going to be satisfied. We know that, but don't think like, oh, they lost. What was it? Was fourteen nine? Right. Um, don't think like, oh boy, five goals. They just they weren't competitive. Like, no, well, that, no that's okay. It was seven okay. five at half, and Bella yeah. had had three or four goals. Like clearly, yeah. JMU had found. I mean, it was six zero at half this week for mm-hmm. Carolina and Florida, and Florida had like three shots on goal in the first half. I mean, yeah. 
it was that kind of a thing. Um, I don't know what the final score was. It was like 14 to five or something. I mean, but like, yeah, you start to think and Florida was ranked seventh, you know? Yeah. If you look at the big picture, like JMU is right up there. They they're it's weird that they dropped, but they're on the, the fringe of the top 10. Yeah. Um, they've got an opportunity to win a couple more games and really push themselves into the top 10. And then they're in a conference now where, you know, it's, it's you don't need yeah. to run the table to get a bid, no. but, but if you do run the table, you're looking at a very good situation for the postseason. Correct. Yeah. They're really in a good spot. Uh, and these are just everything right now for Jamie lacrosse just feels like an opportunity. Um, yeah. you know, they play, they go to high point, then they host Maryland. Those are both opportunities for important wins down the road. Uh, you know, and then play no, but also not having what you had in the CAA, which was if you don't play well against Maryland, like you just don't have any chances later in the season where now, you know, you're going to play Florida, you know, you're going to play Vandy, you know, there are going to be other chances too. So just that's exciting too. And a good start for lacrosse. Glad, glad to see them moving up. And then finally, Rob, uh, softball won three out of four this weekend. So I know they lost the last one, but they beat Michigan state in the tournament this weekend. It was obviously disappointing to lose to who they lost to in the last game. Um, but, you know, I, we were all kind of – they lost two tight games the first day of the season, what, two weeks ago. Yeah. And then they got rained out the three other games in that tournament. So they only played two of the five games they were supposed to play, and they lost both of them, and we were all kind of like, oh, no, I hope they're okay. And they played great this weekend. <laughs> like, I, 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 I mean, they're three and three, you know. Would you like to win them all? Sure, but, like – they won a game over a big 10 team. They played well. I, you know, well, they're, they're better. I mean, Jamie's a better program than Michigan state. Let's yeah. Michigan state okay. state. Yes. But it's um, still nice to get, it's so nice. It's nice. You do sh- it. Like, I think we all need to maybe reset our expectations and realize after everything that's gone on the past two years with this program, mm-hmm. um, JMU is still a really strong program. Yeah. I think we're just starting to see the benefits in terms of recruiting from that world series run a few years ago well and we just started to see it this weekend a little bit too yeah 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 Yeah. and and we also need to it's it could be one of those things where um i think this program i think the future is still very bright for this program i think coach laporte is awesome i think the recruiting has really tipped up the last you know last year and then the the signees they're getting this year um but it really makes you appreciate the jalen ford megan good odyssey alexander and no disrespect to Alyssa. But mm-hmm. like Alyssa is a very, very good college softball pitcher. Well, and actually Alyssa played like she came in, uh, Lexi Rogers, who'd been kind of bailing Alyssa out the first weekend mm-hmm. started the, which game was that the first game of this tournament? Um, I'm trying to think who they were playing, but struggled in the first inning and yeah. Alyssa came in and got him out of it only down to nothing. And then they exploded. Yeah. And just destroyed somebody. You oh, know? Exactly. But like Alyssa's very good, but like people just seem to think like, oh, when she's going to flip the switch and be just like Odyssey and Megan and Jalen. And I don't think that's fair to her. She doesn't have to be. Though. She doesn't she have, have to be. be. You know, it's, she did well this weekend just being herself. Like, correct. And that's also unreasonable to be like, oh, why? It's like our God-given right just to have these otherworldly talents again right. and again and again. Alyssa's her own player. Alyssa's awesome. We should all cheer for her. We should all support her. And, and we should, you know, hope yeah. that she reaches heights unseen, but to just expect it and, and to be disappointed every time she has an outing like a mortal, I, I think is really unfair. It is. It, it, and she's just a different pitcher. Yeah, like exactly. All of those other pitchers were like Tom Glavin and Roger Clemens and Alyssa is a Greg Maddox, right? She yeah. is a she is a movement pitcher who's going to work. She's crafty. She's crafty. And she, ha- you know, and, and you got to let her, you're going to have to ride that sometimes, you know, uh, occasionally she's going to get hit, but she is more than capable of leading this staff. And it was just great to see her kind of pick up the team this weekend. I felt like, and then. And get out of some jams, you know, Yeah, and it took the pressure off and then they got, I mean, they started hitting and they started getting some hitting from, KK Mathis, the freshman, right? From Avery Pender, like some other players who haven't, you know, like they're just young players and they need a chance to play. And the first weekend they didn't even get a chance to work out the hit of the kinks because all the games got rained out, you know? Um, and I just, 
it's good. I, I I'm excited for softball. I have no like real, like you said, Rob, I mean, we all need to be re- reasonable, but at the same time, I don't think they want us to be like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, their expectations are higher than ours. I'm sure, you know? Uh, so, and they should be, I mean, it's that sort yeah. of program, but it, but this, it's the only, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like it's yeah. not necessarily about certainly last week or this weekend, or even this year, right. like this is a program that has stepped up into a better conference mm-hmm. and poised to compete. And I think over the next two, three years, we're going to see like, okay, is Jamie ready to be the sustainable power power G5 program that we all think it could be. And I, I think they will. I think we're going to see a lot of dividends in terms of recruiting. And I think, yeah. um, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm optimistic about it, but I think we all need to kind of check our expectations a little bit in this notion of like, like you said, Alyssa's really good, but she might be the type of pitcher who's going to give you, you know, a, a really good start where she gives up two runs. You can't just count on her to go out there and throw no hitters like right. we did in the That's past the, with, with yeah. Megan and Odyssey right. and Jalen. I mean, the, it, you just need to understand like how lucky Jamie was to have three all time great mm-hmm. sort of softball pitchers come in succession. Yeah. And uh, Alyssa could be you know, an outstanding, outstanding college. I mean, she is, she's a very good college, but she could have an outstanding career and still never reach that level that people tend to, it's almost like fans think like, that's just what happens. You're supposed to throw like three no hitters a year. You're supposed to have, you know, a sub one ERA. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a little bit bonkers. And that's a little bit given everything we saw last year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like we need to dial back the pressure. uh, Well, especially particularly for this team. Look, we don't know anything, but from the outside, you know, for someone who was really close friends, yes, with Lauren, yes, right? just cool it, <laughs> you know, like exactly. let the kid play and have fun. And she certainly seems like a team player and someone who appreciates, you know, I don't know the the fact that she is getting a chance to be a leader. I I also think. The key for this team is just playing defense and hitting the ball. It, yeah, like just for the, I mean, she's going to be fine. Like put, she's gonna they got to put the ball in play innings. and limit, right. they'll and, limit the mistakes. Um, Rebecca Moo, they've got some other pitchers like her. Rogers Moo, like they're going to eat. They're going to do enough in the circle, I think, to be competitive all year to keep them in games. They got to win. I mean, the, we talked about it the first week when they lost the two games. They didn't lose because the pitching got shelled. They lost because they didn't score. They didn't hit. Yeah. They didn't hit. So at some point, you know, you got a younger team and, and not just younger, but even some of the older players haven't played at the JMU level before. Um, you know, they just got to shake it off and start hitting. And they go to Raleigh this week. Uh, they go to NC State for another tournament this week. They get some good competition again this week. On Saturday and Sunday, they're supposed to play two games against the Wolfpack. Uh, you know, all opportunities this week. NC State is not, you know, very good, but this is not Clemson and Virginia Tech out there um, in terms of ACC teams. So they play Penn, um, ETSU, and NC State. And then the following week, they go to Chapel Hill. So they kind of, you know, they'll be in Carolina the next couple of weeks and they play Purdue and North Carolina twice each that week. So real opportunities for big name programs, if not, you know, in some ways, JMU is probably favored against all those programs but at the same time it's it's important stuff before they finally come home in mid-march uh, for their own tournament and then we get into sort of regular play yeah so good luck to softball keep it going i feel like they i also hope for them you know it's a young team who ended the season in the worst possible way last year and they just need a couple of weeks to like get the pressure off like play games. yeah just get back like just if i'm yeah, just get pl- just play ball, right? Exactly. I, I think the rest will take care of itself with the talent on this roster. Um, so good luck to softball, uh, Rob. And then lastly, we're going to talk. Um, three JMU guys made their XFL debuts uh, this weekend. I, I was glad to see two solo tackles from John Daka for the. Is it the Houston Roughnecks? I, I looked this up last night. I, whoever he's playing for, one of the teams. In Texas, uh, DACA had two solo tackles on Saturday. And then, like a lot of Dukes, um, I don't know, I only watched the first half, but it, it was inter- entertaining to watch 
uh, Ben DiNucci, uh, quarterback the Seattle team here in D.C. at Audi Field against Liam Fornado and the D.C. Defenders. Um, I don't know. I just it was fun. I I felt uh, Danucci kind of Danucci did. It was the full Danucci experience. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, made an incredible improvisational play to throw a touchdown to Josh Gordon, and also threw interceptions and fumbled at the end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like um, I don't know. Looked good. Looked like he belonged until he started throwing interceptions. I I don't know. It's hard to know at the XFL level. Uh, Fernandel actually looked very good. I did watch Fernandel, uh, you know, watch the line play whenever I could when DC had the ball. I think all of us commented he looked large to be playing at right guard. Uh, if I remember correctly, Rob, didn't he come to JMU as kind of a guard center and then end up playing tackle a ton? I don't know. He was. It, He's I mean, a he Don Bosco played, guy out of Jersey, I remember. But I, I yeah, don't and he played tackle like incredibly well for JMU yeah, most of his career. But I think he was someone who always anticipated maybe playing in the interior line and certainly looked really comfortable at the guard position um, and also looked healthy, like looked like he was moving well, uh, which was uh, – that's the thing for me that made me excited um, to see him. Rob, I did, did you get to watch any of this? Because no, it was, I, I, I'm out. I'm out on spring. I'm spring yeah. football. I'll, I'm happy for these guys. I will <laughs> get excited when they do well. I'm not watching any of this stuff. I'm just I, I've been down this road so many times with these startup leagues in spring. I think it's great for guys to play themselves into contention for NFL camps. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I'm not going to watch. I, right. I got other. I mean. Right no, now, I got you. I, I, basketball, college basketball, NBA basketball, yep. movies. Um, so <laughs> I'm excited for these guys, yep. but don't ask me to comment on the games because, again, I, I'm not. It's just not my thing. I'm not. Yeah, I, I had no idea if it wasn't for the game being here, like in DC, and both of those guys in the game, and then national TV. I would not have known either. Um, I will say, I did go to the very first. DC Defenders game back the last time, like pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. This was like one of the last couple of weeks before COVID. Dreek and I went, like a bunch of us went. I don't, I don't know. We randomly went to the. That was when um, Khalid Abdullah was on the team. Yeah, uh, right. And uh, well, and one we of my went, friends from grad school, her brother yeah. was the GM for the okay. for the DC team. Yeah. And I don't know. We were trying to remember if we were. I don't know if we were at the original Beer Snake game and just didn't know it or. I'm guessing that was a different game from the one we went to, but I had certainly become aware of this beer snake thing. Remember this where the fans. And didn't they kill it last night? Yeah, so night? this weekend, yeah. last night, the security took away the beer snake. And, you know, they play at the DC United field where behind that one goal, it's like a straight up wall of yeah. stands. And that's where they were making the beer snake. And then security came and took it away. And then everyone started throwing lemons on the field. How did they get lemons? So I was really confused about this. I think it must be those drinks. You know, those things where the guys, the like vendors walk around with the tray and it has like the little airplane bottle. It's like, okay. Yeah. There's like an airplane bottle on a little stick that hooks to the cup. And then the cup is like lemonade or soda or whatever and you could buy like a bourbon and coke or something yeah but i think one of them is like a vodka soda or something you know you must be able to buy some kind of like you know firefly sweet tea vodka i I don't know who knows but i think they actually usually have like half lemons in those giant like concession cups that's the only thing i could think of because otherwise i was like you i was like how are there like like those fresh squeed lemonade things yeah but not enough people buy those things no (laughs) to to the point where i was like thinking like you i was like did the league do this on purpose to like trend generate publicity yeah right (laughs) because because it was funny like they took away the beer snake and then the people threw the lemons on the field and then the announcers had to comment about the fact that like the beer snake was a Tra- quote tradition in the XFL for the DC team, which which was right, just I mean, technically true. <laughs> right? yeah. I know technically true, but like was like wait the league <laughs> the whole thing was really weird, and yet it was funny. And then of course what happened is the DC fans got mad. 
They threw all the lemons on the field. They stopped the game for a moment. And the very first play when they came back was Danucci throwing a pick six, yeah. um, which helped the DC team and then only further emboldened the local crowd. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The whole thing made me have it, it did make me laugh. And the whole reason my friends and I went to the game the first time was because we're so anti the our it's beloved fine. hometown Washington team that we were like, okay, we'll root for this other Washington team. And it certainly seems like that has not changed at all, at least as of this game one of the XFL season. So anyways, hopefully Danucci doesn't throw any more picks because he otherwise looked pretty good. And his backup, Steven Montez, did not look good. So the whole thing is, like you said, Rob, we were having this whole discussion. We were looking up like how much did the players make and what's the, you know, I don't know. Minor league baseball, minor league basketball, like all sound like, Oh yeah, I understand why a twenty-four-year-old would want to keep doing this. Um, yeah, uh, these minor league football like, is really, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, like I don't I, know. The economics yeah. of minor league baseball are atrocious. Like it, it's yeah. it's just it's not fair. That's a whole different discussion. But you understand like there that is the path. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, you get it. Like that is how you make the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, the G League. Those guys, I mean, they're they're at least paid a living wage. If not, you know, the two-way contracts, they're mm-hmm. paid pretty well for guys in their 20s. And again, that is the way to get to the league. But, this football stuff, I don't get it, man. Like, on one hand, you really admire the hell out of these people that yeah. just keep grinding. And, you know, I think DACA was, like, driving DoorDash or something. Like, it's just yeah, yeah. to keep the dream alive. Um, on one hand, you're like, wow, man, that's really, really awesome. On the other hand, it's like, eek, man, that's – those are some some steep odds. Maybe it's time right. to turn the page, but hard. You know, uh, they'll, they'll probably one or two of these guys, like one or two, hundred percent, that will make the league, and maybe even like turn heads and 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 be, you know, a Pro Bowler mm-hmm. or not Pro Bowler, but like a borderline star. Or but we're looking like probably one or two. So you got a couple hundred guys that it's just like. It, it, they're living their dream. Maybe this is it. Maybe they're going to be able to say, you know what? I gave them my all. I love this game of football. I was, I'm a pro yep. athlete. This is great. I'll keep doing this as long as they'll pay me. Mm-hmm. And then I'll figure out what's next when my career's over. Yeah. But man, it's that, hard. There's, that's tough. That's tough. Well, And there's two parts to it. We did look this up last night. So the guys are making like 65 grand for the season or something. And they are guaranteed like – there was something like if you're injured, you still get your game check or something like Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not nothing. It's better than past versions of minor league football, I guess is what I'm getting to. Right. Um, And they do get insurance and some other, I mean, there, there's some reasonable, you know, I don't know. It's a hard way to go, but it wasn't, it didn't. That's more minor league baseball. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't shock me. And like, Oh my gosh, these guys are just, you know, being, indentured servitude here you know kind of thing um in that way i was like all right that's cool and then i did we did talk about it last night i was thinking about um guys like Fornadel and daca are actually perfect examples of the kind of guy like you know Fornadel was before his senior year he was a legitimate prospect I yeah think. i think it's fair to say i think we were both higher on him than almost any jmu player in the last say 10 years in terms of like potential pro, you know, opportunities. And then he got hurt and he really didn't play much in his last year. And, you know, DACA had some of that same kind of bum luck. You do think like, hopefully guys like that, like at least if nothing else, they're going to say that. And then Danucci on the other hand is kind of another interesting story in that I don't know that we were ever as high on Danucci as an NFL player, but he did parlay his, it sounds at least there was a pretty cool article in like the Dallas version of like the Washingtonian or something about how he's sort of, you know, reinvested the money he made with the Cowboys into this like hat company and done pretty well. I think like, yeah, it sounds like that's actually and, and like turned himself into like a kind of a minor celebrity in the DFW socialite scene. Right. You know? Well, um, I guess like I, I thought he yeah. founded that brand. He, no, said he, he went in with not, another partner, but he, he was kind of some like guy the, reached out to him when he right? did it. He was like the influencer that the guy reached out to, right? Well, and, <laughs> and it was Nooch's idea 
to put those hats in the hands of every single professional yeah, athlete. Got Dak supporting. Dallas. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like I, I actually, I had a buddy from the grad hockey school. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not a buddy. I had a classmate from grad school. Okay. He was not a friend of mine, like classmate guy I graduated with who, um, I don't know, went to work for Nike and then bounced around a couple of companies. And like, next thing we know, um, I was watching the NFC championship and I'm looking, I'm like, why is, I'm like texting with my buddies from my fantasy football league. But like, is that Omar on the field, Dr. Dre? Mm-hmm. And this guy oh. was hired as like the third or fourth employee of Beats by Dre, the headphones. Okay. And he was the head of global marketing. And it was his idea just to start sending these headphones, every pro athlete in oh, every yeah. sport to have them warm right. up. And it seems like a simple thing, nope. but those things blew the hell up because you saw, you know, freaking Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, warming yeah, to up. To the, the point LeBron. where there was like controversy at the Olympic team. Yes. Or like you Olympics can't wear that. wanted yeah. them to like go with whatever Microsoft product yeah. they had. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody kind of mocks like, oh, well, anybody got have that idea. Yeah. But you know what? This dude that I graduated with actually Had bought it. up and made it happen. So God bless him. Same yeah. thing with Nooch. Like everybody's like, oh, Nooch is some backup quarterback and there's this random brand. It sounds like it's a pretty successful thing. And he was just like, I'm going to get it to everybody else. And it's that cachet of like being in the fraternity where we yeah. all look people, on the Dallas Cowboys, like, on the Dallas Cowboys. And everybody's <laughs> like, oh, well, he had that one start and it was a disaster. Yeah. You know what? He still started a game in the NFL. He started in a Sunday night football game, Sunday in the football game. for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Think of how many hundreds of thousands right. of people have played football in this country and you've got a couple hundred that have ever started a game. Correct. And so yeah. more power to him to take that little bit of thing and just run with it. And it sounds like that is more his future. Like the, he, this Correct. is a big deal going concern. Um, but it's also interesting, like James, you know, my, my son's 12 mm-hmm. years old. He's a big fan. Get up this morning, watching SportsCenter. Danucci happens to be on not top 10. Right. And of course, James is like, oh, there we go again. End of the end zone. And he's like, when's he just going to cash in and be a coach? And he's kind of joking, but like he's rooting for Danucci, like all this. But like, there are guys like that, like Fornado, Daka, Danucci. Like, there are other paths besides playing. And maybe it's if you can extend your career and do another season or two as a pro. Yeah, it just gets you to that next level. Legitimacy. Whether, whether yeah. it whether it's high school coach or private skills trainer, right? Or the John Daka football training academy for youth players, you know, whatever. Right. It just, it, it does open up other avenues. So I know all these guys want to play in the NFL. That's the dream. And I hope it happens for them. Yes. But even if it doesn't, this is not a total loss or waste of time. It, it will open up other doors is uh-huh. all I'm saying. So, yeah, no, I think And so. it's cool that Nooch is taking advantage of them. You know? It is cool. Yeah. I mean, we'll be following along as long as those guys are playing. And um, maybe, maybe they'll defy the odds and we'll see them playing on Sundays. Yeah, I wondered. I, I, I don't know. Fornado's the one that got me really thinking. I'm like, man, you know, there's always space for. I mean, we've seen it with Earl Watford kind of coming in and out of the league for all these years. Like, offensive linemen don't grow on trees. No. And like guys who are fit and ready to play, like two weeks from now, you know, <laughs> like well, like come like- week five of the NFL season, and you have that one random, you know, the Chargers are hit by decimated by injuries along the line, like. It's not like there's a lot of guys in mid-October that are just like ready to go. No, and, and one thing you mentioned earlier, Todd, about seeing Fernando play different positions now, and mm-hmm. that was Watford's calling card. Watford yeah. was never a week-in, week-out starter, but he was a guy that offensive line coaches and head coaches and teammates mm-hmm. knew if you bring him on the team, he can fill in at multiple positions. Mm-hmm. And just be ready to go. And I mean, even Josh if he is still in the league yeah, because of this, right? I mean, yeah. Watford played for years. And how many games did he start? Only a handful, but he was a right. valuable. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. Right. Won a Super Bowl because you could bring him in and know like, okay, this is a guy that can play two, maybe three positions on the line. Mm-hmm. So he's just that extra set of insurance and he's a professional. He's going to yep. show up. He's going to be ready. And it's yep. just that extra assurance that you're ready to go. And there's a lot to be said for that. And and as I've always said on the podcast, like you can contribute to teams and be a huge member of a team success, whether or not you see the field on Sunday. No doubt. And and I think maybe that's Fornado's path. Maybe Fornado's a future starter. We don't know, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool to see how these things work out. Yeah. So good luck to all those guys. Uh, We'll be following along 
And Rob, we're in the last week of hoops. Next week, we will be prepping and previewing our first Sunbelt Conference yeah. Tournament. Conference Tourney. <laughs> yes. I need to right. learn how this double buy thing works. Yeah. Well, it's not really a double buy. It's it's actually, well, it is a double buy, but yeah. it's not as bad. Sometimes I, you know, what is it? Is it the Big East? The, when the Big East was really bloated and the ACC the last couple of years, there is some tournaments that have these double buys. And sometimes it hurts the top teams just because they like, in the big conferences, I think it hurts, especially because those teams are already, like if you're in the top four of the ACC, you're already kind of a lock to go to the to tournament. Yeah. Right. And so like the motivation becomes a factor. Um, but in this tournament, I don't, I'm not as worried about it because the bottom of the Sun Belt's pretty bad. Like the bottom four team or bottom two. The Arc State and Georgia Yeah, State the very bottom Pace, four. Yeah. It's not really like only the very bottom. Yeah, only 11 through 14 play the first day. So then it's like a pillow fight Friday. Yes. And then, and then, a, then you then have, have a tournament. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's not really, but it's still helpful. Um, and I, yeah, it's going to be really fun to see. I, Rob, both of these teams could make the tournament. <laughs> Like, yeah, they're they legitimate they contenders. I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves. I hope one of them at least does. But, like, they're both good enough in this league to do it. And we saw Southern Miss somehow lose by 30 this week. So, I don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, we got a couple overtime suggestions tonight. Really good ones, Rob. Can we just, uh, before we get to overtime, yeah. Todd, I don't know if you saw this, James. We are a global podcast. I found it today. We got a message from a listener in Sweden. Really? Yes. No. A, a Duke's fan living abroad who's been living in Sweden who <sighs> said said he's been listening since we started um, and said he, for one, appreciates when we ramble because it reminds him of home. Oh. So that, that made me very, very happy. Where he said it kind of just like the nostalgic um, long, longing for America and just goofing around with friends. So he said, you know, he just always really appreciated it. And I got to tell you, that really touched me. I, I know it's just something it simple, but um, really meant a lot to me. So thank you very much yes. for reaching out and the kind words. And I just thought that was cool. So now we know we've got at least three listeners, our moms and, and a listener from Sweden. So that's yeah, we, good. I, you know, weirdly enough, we actually have, we, that's our second Swedish listener. I don't yeah. know if this is another Landstrom, but I was like, we, 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 we have one other um, Swede living in the Shenandoah Valley um, who, who does listen. So that's pretty Oh, funny. but domestic. See this, I think this is a, I think this is an American. Oh, that was guy. legit overseas. Yeah. Yeah. So, well in Sweden. Thank you. Yeah. And I was just in Sweden. I was just in Malmo. Oh yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It was there over, uh, over Christmas break, we did Denmark and then took the train over to Malmo and really beautiful. I, I was mm. very impressed with Sweden. Um, beautiful architecture, nice people. Good. We spent a good day there. So I don't know. I thought that was nice. Yeah. But now on to the OT. We've yes. got two ones that I thought yep. were good. And the first one was, they're both food related, but the first yes. one was dipping sauce that most enhances its companion food. Yes. Wexelsior. Thank you. Yes. yes. Um. You want to go or me, Rob? No, you can go first. Okay. I don't, this is a really, I I wondered if he saw that the, uh, did you see the uh, Spencer Hall had a thing about this? About like chili oil or something? Oh, well, chili oil There's a thing about this. good. Yes. Um, I don't don't actually know. I love condiments. Like I really, really love sauces. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have one that's like really enhances food. Hmm. I mean, I love fish sauce on a surprising amount of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a weird one, but no, but there's like Valentina hot sauce, which is Very not really good. a hot sauce, but more yeah. of like a, I, I like it. The stubby not, bottle. Yeah. 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 It's not particularly hot. It's just like. Tasty. But it pours. It's not like a Tabasco where it's just drips. Correct. It's, like it's not over. just yeah. heat. Yeah. And then I think I've mentioned that, um, any kind of a like crema, like ch- there's that Sir Kensington's. I don't know. It's a random brand, but I mean, who cares what the brand is? But like any kind of like chili lime crema. Oh no, type. we're big fans. Sir Kensington's. We're big fans of the Chipotle yeah. mayo and, and the Guan Chang. Those are huge in our house. Those yeah. are really good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. those were the ones I was thinking of. 
Yeah. Get, the, the Valentinos, I like that hot sauce. I'm, okay. I'm huge of hot sauce of any type. I like mm-hmm. like the fermented hot sauces, like Tabasco. I love sriracha, love yeah. all that stuff. I don't think of those as dipping. I think those are more things that I pour mm. on my food. This is a little bit of a cop-out, but no. I'm way big on just to like mayos or flavored aiolis for fries. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. The and going back, going back yeah. to Sweden, like – one of my favorite things about going to Europe, I don't know why the giant paper cones of fries. The mayonnaise. Have, have not caught on in the United States. Like where the entire restaurant, you just have a takeaway stand that is just a French fry place. And we're not talking thrashers, you know, which is, which is fine. I, I like that. I love boardwalk fries, but that's different where you get like the big tub and then you basically just have malt vinegar, which again, awesome or ketchup. I like the places in every city in Europe you go to, they've got just these big paper cones and you get all your fries and then you just get a litany of aiolis and mayos. Yes. You can do, and it's everything from, you know, curries to capers to, to me, that's the best. Like if you just get like a really good mayo or aioli, it takes everything to the next level. So Yes. Oh, I love this. And actually my favorite thing on this is the Belgian, there is a Belgian cycling team that mm-hmm. is, sponsored by Powell's sauces mm-hmm. that is like they're like the dominant force in cyclocross racing in Europe mm-hmm. which is like the mud you know the winter yeah, racing. yeah and yeah like people like they people are obsessed they call the team the sauces right That's like, great yeah like and the team wins all the time and it's a very weird sport because normally they're not supposed to use team tactics but they they do they do yeah. and people get mad at the sauce team so, I love it. Yeah. Well, that's great. No, that, that's good. I'm, I'm all for that. Any kind of flavored mayo is pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's a good yeah. one. All right. And then our other one was from Craig Mack. Thank you. Uh, a frequent contributor here. And, uh, which one was this one, Rob? This was um, share some standby weeknight meals signed a dad who always runs out of ideas. I think this is great. I, I would yes. think we should open this up um, to make it not Everyone? parental specific because I think this is huge for any busy people, whether you're busy college mm-hmm. student or young professional, married couples, whatever, we all need mm-hmm. better weeknight meal ideas. So I think this was a great suggestion. This is a, I, when, as soon as I read it today, I was like, I want this. I, w- I want other yeah. people to give up me the answers to this. <laughs> I agree with Craig. Um, a couple that I was thinking of, Rob, we do a lot of like, it's actually funny. Our next door neighbor does these like ghetto chicken. He calls them chicken cheesesteaks, but they're not. They're just on like a hamburger bun. Mm-hmm. But he grills like a seasoned chicken, you know, thing like on Sunday nights a lot. And then uses them for his kids throughout the week. And they just make these like random concoctions of the grilled chicken with like yep. cheese and lettuce and stuff on mm-hmm. a hamburger, you know, hamburger bun, hot dog bun, whatever's left from the weekend kind of a lot. Um, and then Susie makes, uh, lettuce wraps that are one of my favorites. Yeah. That's like a big, you know, Dutch oven pot of like ground beef and, you know, kind of Asian sauces, Mm -hmm. but then you can just make them with, I mean, you can, you can turn it around and actually use it to make like nachos later. Whatever you want. Yeah. Right. Um, so that, those are both good for me. And then I have one more, but I'll let you jump in here. Yeah. Well, I'm a bit like on that chicken theme. Uh-huh. I am a big, just like learn how to roast a whole chicken. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll do this a lot on Sundays and it's getting tougher now because my kids will eat the whole thing. But like if you can just roast a whole chicken, first of all, it's cheaper than doing the parts. It's easier because you can usually stretch it. Like if I, mm-hmm. I'll roast a whole chicken and I'll do it like either on a roasting pan over some root vegetables, whatever, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, whatever, turnips, anything. And you can kind of eat that. So everybody has like a piece of chicken and some vegetables, but then you can stretch it into, you know, make some of the leftovers. You can pull the chicken and put it on mm-hmm. chicken salad. You could do chicken sandwiches. Like you said, you can make chicken soup. So that's just like, I think a really easy thing to do, or mm-hmm. you can go super simple and really cut it and just get a rotisserie chicken and you can yeah. stretch that thing out, which, you know, whatever you can get it anywhere for like five or six bucks. Oh yeah. So that's a good one. The other thing, sheet pans. Sheet pan meals are your, are your friends, Ooh, like where you just do like chicken thighs. And again, we'll like, we'll do potatoes or Brussels oh, yeah. sprouts or sweet potatoes or 
whatever, asparagus coming up. And you can just put it all on one sheet pan and roast, just fill it up with everything, vegetable and whatever, five or six chicken thighs and just go. And then you can serve it with rice again, mm-hmm. um, whatever. We'll, we'll do sheet pans with like sausage. We'll do mm-hmm. gnocchi and sausage. Oh, and, nice. Um, cherry tomatoes, like anything, just throw it in there and it's just yep. easy because you can do it when you're getting all your other stuff done, getting ready. So those are good. Um, the other thing we do is quesadillas. Yes. This is what I was good. Yeah. We bought a quesadilla maker. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I didn't even know that was a thing, but yeah. no, quesadillas are fantastic because you can throw anything in there. Like if for parents, like you can sneak in vegetables, like we will sneak in mm-hmm. spinach or you'll just do like, you know, mushrooms and just mix it in there. Super, super easy. And you can also make a bunch and then just reheat them. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can make a bunch and then have it for lunch too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Really yeah, easy. and Absolutely. they're good again with the sauces. Excellent. If you get some good sauces or good, yeah, sauce and you get sour cream and yeah, hot sauce, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, and then the oh. other thing that's another like super simple hack. It seems weird. Like I think of fish sticks, and I think oh, disgusting. Ooh. But you can get good frozen fish now, mm-hmm. like breaded yeah. and heat it up, and use it for fish tacos. Oh, and yeah. it takes no time at all. And again, so we'll do that. Like we'll just get some sort of like Trader Joe's breaded yep. fish. And then you get like a decent coleslaw and just add some like lime and sour cream like and salsa. That. And you got pretty good weeknight tacos. I may have to do this one now. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then the other hack, Rob, just do breakfast for dinner. Yes. I, I actually wrote that down. Like, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, my thing is I love breakfast. That's my favorite meal. I love every, like, there is very few breakfast items that I do not, like, absolutely love. Mm-hmm. But I never really get the chance to make them, right? No. I mean, I don't often, even on the weekend, like I don't really have time to get up and make pancakes or make waffles or whatever. You know, I don't think in advance to make overnight oats unless there's like yeah. a, it's race day or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just don't. And and I feel like, especially for kids, like everybody loves freaking waffles, yeah. right? Like just make, you know, make pancakes. Like or we'll awesome. do, we'll do like, um. Egg and cheese sandwiches, and, and then yes, yeah, with like throw some tater tots or something, or or mm-hmm. some. We'll, we'll do like very quick, easy things, and then just have a fresh salad, uh-huh. and it can make it for a good weeknight. Frittata is also really good. Yes, because you just take like all the leftovers, throw it in a pan, scramble it, and then just finish it in the oven. It's super, super easy. Yeah, I like that on like Thursday night, especially when it's kind of like coming down to the like whatever's left. And yeah exactly like you're saying like we're and friday you know, you're gonna go to happy hour or yeah, order pizza. Do something or we're gonna be moving somewhere or you got getting jersey mics or whatever yeah. random thing but like yeah i'm like okay we've got a few little things left let's throw these all in we will have like right. I, it's funny that i'm talking I'm about all off. these things like i'm a solution here my family jokes that i love cooking for the family but they only let me cook on the weekends because i take forever and yes. I draw like I made shrimp etouffee the other night. Everybody was super excited because I actually got it out on the table by like seven o'clock. Because normally I'm saying like we're gonna eat at six thirty, <laughs> and it's like eight fifteen, and everybody's still like, "Come on, Dad!" Um, today we we've got a pizza oven. I made pizza, and everybody was thrilled because I had the first two pizzas were out by six o'clock. We had all four out by wow. seven. Which, yeah, it was like really good planning. But Jessica's like the weeknight queen. She's like, no, we just need during the week, get these things out quick, easy yep. and get them out. And um, I don't know, it makes a difference. But if you can get things that go two nights, mm-hmm. which is increasingly difficult now that I have almost two teenagers, you know, in a month. Yeah, two teenagers, I know your boys can eat. It's harder. But we did meal prep today, Todd. We did, Sam oh. did meal prep um, for crew, crew starts tomorrow. He's had Ooh. his winter workouts have been all winter, but the season starts for real tomorrow. Mm. And his coach had a nutritionist come and speak to the team on Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the nutritionist <laughs> gave us all these ideas for breakfast. And they're like, you need to have more protein. All these kids work so hard and they never have any gains because they don't eat enough. So we did we did like an hour's worth of cooking tonight, made um, blueberry chocolate protein pancakes for the week. Nice. Um, and so we made a whole bunch, like a yeah. lot of pancakes and they're in the okay. fridge and he's just going to heat them up every morning. So that's another easy thing. I, I imagine works, you could man. do that for the weeknights as well. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's so funny. Yeah. Your kid's going to bulk up. <laughs> he's open. I know. I know. I know. Well, your kids are tall and skinny. I mean, yeah. Dude, he's oh, yeah. six. He's 
six yeah. one and a half. We measured him tonight, so yeah, he's yeah. he's getting big. Yeah, it was like there's no. I mean, he's a, they're basically bottomless at this point. It yes. Eat, oh my right? gosh, they never stop eating. No, they, they can never eat an entire eating. bag of Doritos and. Yep. It doesn't even slow them down. Yep. <laughs> They're like, yes. Oh, I love it. And that's what the nutritionist is trying to stave it's off. It's trying to stop, right? Exactly. Maybe working in an apple. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the calories are good, but not Calories let's, are good, but, you know, get, get, some, a little bit. Right. get some protein, get oh, some healthy veggies, good. and build Great. from there. Oh. Well, Rob, it's so good to talk to you. And thank you to Craig and um, Wax for sending us ideas thank you to everybody for listening we appreciate it so much and this is a fun time of the year we've got all this good stuff going on and i, I don't know rob we're gonna have to i'm gonna have to watch that's to really figure this out the sunbelt tournament thing right? yeah it, uh, jamie's first game i think is gonna be on thursday i think so yeah i don't know it's a longer drawn out affair it is previous tournaments, but um, Friday even it may not be till Friday. Yeah, if they get the double by the men at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know they they were talking about it on the broadcast this weekend. They're like the tournament starts on February twenty eighth. That was like, what? You know, like that's that's a week from tomorrow. Yeah, but that's the pillow fight Tuesday, and then there's a break, and then it's really a weekend long tournament. But it's gonna be fun. I know there's some. I know a few JMU friends that are going to the tournament. Rob, it's gonna be really exciting to hear the initial report from Pensacola. So, well, yeah, I mean, you could work it in with maybe a spring training trip. Yeah. Um, no, that'd be so fun. Yeah. And also just, I don't know, save a little bit though. We're hoping for a, hoping for a tournament appearance. Um, no, no, women's bracketology was not updated yet today, but I was looking forward to seeing JMU. I, I assume they will be on the line tomorrow, you know, this sometime this week. They'll be on the women's tournament line. The, yeah, the default. It's the automatic qualifier, at least. Which was interesting, though, because Troy, who was leading the conference until this week, they were listed as a 12 seed. Um, so it'd be nice to keep JMU, like, just stay in the 12 13 range would be really nice if they can get there. But now we're getting ahead of ourselves. So let's just enjoy the tournament. You got some wins to take care of before I know. We get to the Kurt Dudley was talking about upper. There was a player for Louisiana on the men's game this weekend that was from Upper Marlboro. Where Upper Marlboro, I can't say that word. I've never been able to say it. Yeah. Right. And he was like, uh, we've been to a few games there <laughs> at the Showplace Arena. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so glad we're not going House back there. House of Horrors. Yeah. I was like, I'm so glad we're not going back there this year. So anyways, but that's all. And uh big thanks to Mossy Creek. And Rob, I guess I will talk to you next week. Yeah. Have a good week, man. All right. Go Dukes. <laughs>